0: Welcome back to Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders making the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall. Today, we're going to talk about personal protective equipment. We all hear about the shortage of PPE at the front lines. It's hitting cities, states, and countries all around the world as we battle this COVID-19 crisis. We can't sugarcoat it. The news is grim, and we know it's going to get worse before it gets better. The very people who we rely on to keep our health systems working are getting sick as they do their jobs to care for our communities and our loved ones. And part of the reason they're getting sick is the severe shortage of PPE. This clearly shouldn't be happening, and it's something that should never happen again. But we have a crisis that needs to be addressed now. And if there's one silver lining to this terrible situation, it's the abundance of compassion, generosity, and support that millions of people are putting into practice as we help one another beat this relentless enemy. In this episode, I invited one of the many people who's making a real difference at the front lines. Rebecca Love is a nurse leader and founder of San Ciel. San stands for Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders. A few short weeks ago, or realistically, it actually feels more like a few long weeks ago, Rebecca started a movement to directly deliver supplies that are needed by hospitals across the U.S., She's collected donations of PPE on the doorstep of her home and the communities across the nation, and she and other volunteers have coordinated the delivery of those supplies where they're needed most. Just a few days after it began, her efforts attracted the attention of ABC News, and that accelerated awareness and the amount of donations they received. Already, they've had a huge impact in a very short space of time. Now Rebecca and a team of volunteers are taking things to the next level. She recently set up a GoFundMe page, and I've included a link to this page in the first line of the show notes in this episode. The goal is to raise $500,000 to purchase PPE for hospitals that don't have it and simply can't get it. We're going to talk about the obstacles that organizations are facing as they work to resolve this, but in the meantime, solutions need to be put in place today. So just in case you're not able to listen to this whole episode, I'm going to issue a call to action here at the very beginning. We're joining the call for everyone everywhere to support our frontline workers. We all rely on our communities, and our healthcare community is in desperate need right now of our help. This show, Digital Health Today, is also part of a community of other podcasts, and that community is called Health Podcast Network. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to work alongside and support other leaders and organizations that create and share information in the form of podcasts that serve the health community and on behalf of all the members of Health Podcast Network we are collectively making a donation of $1000 to support the purchase of PPE through Rebecca's initiative. I recognize this isn't the largest gift, but we're a new organization. We don't have the budgets or balance sheets of other potential donors and corporations, and I also recognize that it's only a fraction of the funds that Rebecca and her team are trying to raise. But I hope that it will encourage the thousands of listeners who tune into this show and the dozens of other great shows that are part of Health Podcast Network to make donations themselves. Again, you can find the link to the GoFundMe page in the very first line of the show notes of this episode. Rebecca has teamed up with Lenny Kravitz and the Glow Good Foundation, and she'll tell us more about it on this episode. We'll also have a tweet pinned to the top of the Twitter feed for Health Podcast Network. You can find that at HealthPodNet on Twitter, and we'll be sharing it through our Digital Health Today page as well. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Rebecca. Rebecca Love is a thought leader on nurse innovation and entrepreneurship. She's also a vice president of Optimize RX, which provides a unique solution to patient adherence to medications. And in a volunteer capacity, Rebecca is the founder and president of San Ciel, a charity she founded in which she works alongside an incredible board of nurse leaders to serve nurses across healthcare. Rebecca, thanks for joining me and welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dan. It's really a pleasure to be here.
0: Before we jump into the work you're doing to raise money for supplies of PPE at the front lines, I want to understand, first of all, a little bit more about your organization, San Ciel. What was the mission and drive behind forming this group?
1: So thank you, Dan. It started about two years ago now at this point in time. And the reason that we decided to start a new organization was the topic of nurses as innovators and entrepreneurs. We had come across, or we had actually built that initiative uh, when I was working as the director of innovation and entrepreneurship at Northeastern. And after transitioning on from that organization, realized that there really was a gap in the world around nurses as innovators and a place in healthcare where they were seen as transformation agents. We had sort of kept waiting for other nursing societies or organizations to take this on as a mission or a central focus and recognize that likely was not going to happen easily. So why not? formulate our own society of some of the best nurse innovators, entrepreneurs, and scientists that I had had the pleasure of meeting, ones who had not traditionally walked the typical path of nursing, and bring us all together to really define what a different image of nursing looks like, not only to our own profession, but to the world in general.
0: You and I were originally introduced a few weeks ago before this COVID-19 crisis kicked off, and we were originally planning to speak about your new book, The Rebel Nurse Handbook. And I'm sure you've had to change your launch plans. I'd still love to talk to you about that book at some point. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about what The Rebel Nurse Handbook is about?
1: Thank you, Dan. Yes, The Rebel Nurse Handbook came into conception when basically Springer reached out and asked if we would write a book. And first they had approached and said, "You know, Rebecca, would you like to write a book? And I said, you know what? I think what's more interesting here is if we write a book about all of these incredible nurses who walked different paths in nursing and get the stories from as many founding members of San as possible, because each of them have such a powerful story. They're not what you traditionally see. These nurses have lived lives that are so tremendous in terms of scope and impact, but are largely different than what you would see as a traditional career path for nursing today. And the stories, they make you laugh, They make you cry they make you humbled by the impact that these nurses have had on the world and it really came around the idea that collectively these voices together can show the world and show others that it is okay to walk a different path in nursing and to make an impact in different ways and that collectively our stories they're short they're three to five pages max of any nurses stories show the world a different light and different view of how nursing could be perceived, but also our impact on the world. And I think that's why the book came together in such a short time period. The publisher was nervous about having 47 different authors all contributing. It had never been done at Springer before. And we pulled this together in less than two months. And a team of us spent hundreds of hours reading those, editing them, and and getting that book ready to get to publish in less than six months.
0: Brilliant. Well, I can't wait to read it myself and have another conversation with you at some point about some of those 47 stories and chapters and authors that were contributing and sharing their stories and their paths about how they've been successful and are making a difference in our healthcare system. But today we're here to talk about something else, a real pressing issue that we've seen unfold and accelerate around the world. And it seems to have really uncovered a lot of vulnerabilities in healthcare systems everywhere. And we seem to hear and see conflicting accounts about really what's happening. Some people say there are plenty of tests and things are in control. Others are saying that all hell is breaking loose in hospitals and they don't have nearly the supplies or the tests that they need. So for yourself, as a nurse and someone who has worked on the front lines of care and someone who's working with nurses who are responsible for delivering the care that we so desperately need in so many corners of the world, what are you seeing and hearing about the current state of our preparedness and response in the U.S.?
1: So we would say it's very challenged. And what happened was before this crisis really started to escalate in the United States, we created a Facebook group called Nurses COVID-19 Information. And um, the group quickly grew to tens of thousands of nurses across the United States. And as we started to monitor the group, there was these notices being put forward like, hey, we don't have enough surgical masks, we don't have enough PPE, we don't have respirator masks, um, I'm willing to collect anything from the community, we're really concerned about this. And at that time, which was only about 12 days ago, we couldn't find a news story out there that was reporting that there were shortages of PPE. Now, being a nurse myself, I recognized that it was very unusual for nurses to start calling out publicly the need for help we don't do this as a profession. So I knew that things had to be bad. And I knew that they had to be serious. But as a profession, nursing largely has not been monitored or quoted in the media. Based on the Woodhall study, less than 2% of all stories in media actually ever cited nurses. So I recognized there was this disconnect, that the likelihood that nurses raising the alarm bells on shortages of PPE were likely probably not going to catch the attention of the media. That's when I turned and took these posts and I took them back to the board of Sancial. And I said, you guys, my senses is, is that these are real. I've talked to these nurses, they are desperately short in their hospital systems, they're petrified that they don't have the equipment that they need to keep themselves safe, and at the same time, we saw a changing of regulations by the CDC that seemed counter to every evidence-based practice in the ways that we had ever practiced, which basically said airborne precautions required a respirator mask. So the question sat forefront in our mind, which was, what could we do based on understanding that we felt the nurses were reporting factually information? from the front lines that was not yet being reported by the media to take action, to get PPE into the hands of these nurses at these hotbed centers, which at the time, when we started to have these conversations, was in New York and Boston.
0: That's amazing how quickly all that has happened. And it's wonderful to hear that you had this forum for people to communicate. You spoke to your board and you launched this campaign in the middle of March, just two weeks ago. What's the response been and how have things gone since then?
1: So we quickly realized that the collection of share we put out into our communities reached capacity. And there was as many donations as we had in, which at that time circumvented to nearly 12,000 N95 and KN95 respirator masks, both within and out of the helping of over 40 health systems or deliveries, if not more. Um, what we quickly realized is that we had probably exhausted our donations of what was existing in the community based on the reach we had. So we brought the board back together and said, you know what, this problem isn't getting better. In fact, we've now received hundreds of requests from help from nurses on the front lines across the United States, we recognize that we are not going to be able to meet their needs without actually starting a GoFundMe campaign to start raising funds. And the reason we took that action is because what we learned in the supply chain is that the supply chain is broken in the healthcare system and that suppliers currently are asking for 100% payment up in front, where hospital systems are used to ordering on purchase orders, which are 90 days out. So it's caused this stalemate in the healthcare system because the normal ways of doing business The GPOs, which they usually purchase from, are out of stock, and these new ways of doing business is counter to what's being happening. And there is a real lack of understanding and also of ability to be able to certify that the products that you are buying are actually up to the quality that they need to be to protect the frontline caregiver. So we launched this first campaign with our own initiative behind Just Sandziel and had found a partner that, although not FDA certified, seemed to get some good product that we were able to bring in and have the hospitals test them. And we quickly raised about $30,000 to start moving product and purchasing products, largely specifically around Boston and New York.
0: Now, I want to just talk, first of all, about the sort of changing guidelines that we've had, because the CDC has sort of moved the goalposts a little bit about how PPE should even be used. So we're talking about face shields. We're talking about N95 masks. We're talking about gowns, gloves. Uh, What other sorts of things are we talking about? And what is the real situation that some of these people who are making this appeal, what are they dealing with? I'm hearing about people who need to wear the same thing every day and put their names on it and use it between patients because they don't have enough to even get through a shift.
1: So typical guidelines, if we had done the what has been asked of us today to do, many of us would have been fired for our jobs. And that I think is the biggest dichotomy here that we're hearing from nurses that before OSHA used to walk in and they would get written up for having tape on the wall, where all of a sudden the new CDC guidelines are telling you, you know what, you don't even need to wear a mask and change it. You could wear a bandana. You know, we're fine with you taking those levels. What we feel or what we're concerned by is that the change in CDC guidelines is not based on evidence based practice, but due to shortages of supplies. And I I think that would be pretty well documented in the news to show that there's substantial evidence behind that being factual. I think that the frontline providers are very concerned. And, And our argument as a society was, for every day a nurse or a physician goes without a mask, that is the likelihood that they could get infected. And if they get infected and our frontline goes down, our healthcare system will fail. We cannot wait for the supply chain and the new ways and orders of business being done to figure themselves out in three or four weeks because by that time too many of our healthcare care providers will have already been exposed and the front line will go down in the cities where this happens and there will be no one left to care for the sick And so that was the concern and the action that we took. We recognized that there were many other nursing organizations and medical associations out there that were going to advocate for policy. They were going to go to Congress. They were going to ask for increased production of these things. That is a long-term solution. We needed action today to get supplies to the front line tomorrow so that they could be safe and well until the powers that be figure out the supply chain and the new policies that hopefully will come into place shortly. Because our intention was never to do this for very long. We thought we could make one call of action, move that forward, and then that would take care of it. Suddenly, our idea of collecting community-based donations went to raising funds. And then when we capped out on our own raising of funds, and still more needs came in, moving forward then to actually partner with another 501c3 in the dental space to bring nurses and dentists together for a call to rally the nation to get behind the front line and get them PPE that was then further supported by Lenny Kravitz was really the direction that this thing has unfolded. And now we're just scaling and learning how to operate in a space that we never thought we would operate in.
0: Well, it's amazing and I'm so glad that you decided to take action. I'm sorry there's a need for it, but I'm glad that you were there to answer the call that you found other people that you can organize with, with the Glow Good Foundation and Dr. Jonathan Levine and also with Lenny Kravitz, as you just mentioned, you've received press on ABC News Nightline. You're really getting the word out there. You've done one GoFundMe campaign. Now you have another GoFundMe page as well, right?
1: Yes, non-sales nonprofit status was pending. So on GoFundMe, we couldn't enter into their charity section. So when Jonathan's team and Glow Good Foundation joined us, that allowed us to create a charity donation by combining the efforts, which means that we don't have to pay the fees that GoFundMe normally charges on this. And it allows us to identify quickly to the public as a 501c3, making it easier for corporations and individuals to donate and feeling that the money that they're getting is directly going to a charity to be able to alleviate the needs on the front line.
0: What are you trying to raise and how's that money going to be used?
1: So right now, we're really focusing on respirator masks. Unfortunately, as you know, there's a global shortage on something referred to as the N95. So the CDC issued a report which said that the next best thing is referred to as an NK95, which is basically an N95 respirator mask but was sourced from China. These were used on the front lines of China during their outbreak but had not been historically used in the United States. This is a product that we are able to source. And by partnering with Jonathan, we were given access to a supplier that is FDA certified. This was one of the many challenges we faced in the last two weeks and why we had concern as a board to continue the program was because we could not find a sourcer of products that we could verify were up to the level of quality and verification and certification that would keep our frontline safe. By creating this partnership with the Glow Good Foundation, we have now found that partner and are paying for masks to go directly to the frontline to those top levels. So that's what we've been working on and expanding our partnership as well. And why this was critical to our mission is we wanted to make sure that we weren't just sending any masks, that we weren't just sending you know, anything to our frontline providers, we wanted to make sure to source the best product to prevent them from getting sick. Now, as that campaign has expanded, we are getting requests from providers for everything with regards to PPE, which is shortages of masks and gowns and face shields and everything. Right now, we're focusing on the respirator mask because we know that this illness or coronavirus is airborne. It is critical to us that that is what is prevented from getting in and being breathed into as the first line of defense. As situations change and more and needs change. And we will continuously assess and morph as the needs change. I think that's the attitude that we've brought forward to this as most of us out on our board members and members are business or corporate executives. Many of us have worked in startups and in healthcare, so we're used to agility. We faced many problems along the ways or reasons why we couldn't be able to do these things or why we shouldn't. A lot of no's, but we just kept going. We've done it and operated much like a startup. We pivoted, we moved, we changed, we went over, we saw those barriers, we just keep taking them down. And all is our mantra is one day at a time. If we're only sending 200 masks a day, which actually is far, far less than what we have been sending a day, in the end, that will make a difference to the lives of all those on the front lines. Our belief is is that it's not just a mask. This is the life. You're potentially saving the life of a clinician by getting them a mask. So the truth is, is our focus right now is respirator masks, but we will continue to assess and change as the needs come apparent. And every dollar in is every dollar out at this point in the campaign because we are just trying to move product to those who are in need.
0: And you need to have this campaign running so that you can get the cash donations so you can actually place the orders on a cash basis with the suppliers and get that product where it needs to be, right? Otherwise, things are going to have a disconnect based on how these manufacturers are requiring payment up front. 100%,
1: hundred percent, Dan. And that's why we're able to do this is through donations. We are able to purchase quickly and get them to the front line, which is the exact challenges that the healthcare systems are having. They cannot do that things. They are expected to still purchase on PPO orders. And that is far too out. And the truth is, it's suppliers that are demanding these things. And until that system's fixed and until the federal government and the states figure out how that system is going to be fixed every day that there is not movement of product, our front line is at risk of going down.
0: Well, I mentioned at the top of the episode that Health Podcast Network is going to help support this campaign and promote it on our website and social media. We're also going to make a gift of $1,000 as a gift from all the dozens of podcasts that, like us, Digital Health Today, that are also members of our podcasting community. We, of course, want to encourage listeners to make donations personally or on behalf of their organizations, and they can find the link to your GoFundMe page in the first line of our show notes here or by going to your website, which is sansiel.org. I know we originally spoke about doing a matching program to help encourage gifts, but I really think that time's of the essence and we want to make sure that you get the cash in hand without any delays so you can go ahead and buy the PPE needed at the front lines. We do of course want to encourage others to make gifts of their own and explore matching opportunities through their employers or other means. Are those the sorts of things that would help you in achieving your goal and is there anything else that you can think of that we can do to be helpful?
1: Dan, thank you so much. It would be hugely helpful. And this is exactly, exactly the kind of things that we're hoping will start happening so that we can make more of an impact. Because we really believe that this is going to be a community by community basis. This is the bottom up direction, not the top down. We know that we're just covering a gap. And the truth is, it's the more in the community that can step forward to help those on the front line get through this time. That's going to make the difference. So every dollar counts. So thank you so much. Very honestly, I'm just so flattered. And we are so thankful. Because you're right, we don't have those corporate sponsors. We don't have those matches set up at all right now. So thank you for being really our our first sets coming forward to help us do this.
0: I'm sure there are gonna be many more. I'm sure that people that you already know that are in your network are already planning their own support of your organization. I know that because I've asked some of them and we will continue to ask our fellow members of the Health Podcast Network as well as the corporate sponsors of Digital Health today and all of our listeners to support this cause and really help those people working at the front lines who are trying to keep us healthy healthy and uh, improve the health of our loved ones, and we need to keep them healthy. We should not be putting them at risk. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I was really motivated when I saw the ABC News special where people were literally bringing up donations and putting it on your front porch and you know, loading up vans that people were donating to be able to transport these masks that are needed. So it obviously takes a community. This is an opportunity to bring people together, and I salute the work that you're doing, and we're happy to support it. But uh, let's just get the word out there that this is something that we need to do, Spread the word, get your friends and your businesses, your colleagues to make donations for this cause, and let's get the PPE that we need out of the front lines.
1: Dan, thank you so much. In all honesty, this is just something as nurses that if we're not on the front lines with them, we want to make sure that they have what they need to do their jobs. Because literally in this Facebook group and what we're hearing is both so haunting and horrific, and they're so scared of going into work and what they're going to bring home to their families or others that this, this is going to make a difference. This is really going to make a difference. So thank you.
0: Well, you're making a difference and I appreciate what you're doing. Rebecca, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thank you for all of your hard work. I'd love to have you back at another time when some of this is in our rearview mirror. We could talk about some of the lessons that we've learned and some of the things and stories in your book, which I'm sure have a lot of lessons that are being put into use right now at hospitals around the country and around the world. So thank you for everything that you're doing and wish you a lot of luck reaching your campaign goal of $500,000 and keep us posted.
1: Will do. And Dan, thank you for having me. And it would be an honor to come back. Thank you for rallying behind us.
0: All right, folks, thanks for listening and for tuning in to another episode of Digital Health Today, a production of Mission-Based Media. There's a long road ahead in winning this fight against COVID-19. And I just want to express my personal and our organization's appreciation for all the people who are working at the front lines from nurses and doctors to cleaners and administrators the key workers, the paramedics, the police officers, everyone who's doing their part to keep us safe and win this battle, and also to all of you who are staying at home, supporting organizations, supporting people around you, and supporting your communities and neighbors and family members. It's really important that we all band together at this really important time. So thanks very much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Find them at digitalhealthtoday.com podcast. If you're looking for more great health podcasts, be sure to check out all the shows on the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. Audio engineering for this episode was by Ivan Juric. I'm Dan Kendall and I've been your host. Thanks for tuning in and until next time, keep on innovating.